This is Confessions of a Former Mean Girl with Serena Myers. I'm a master transformation mentor and shadow guide, and I work with heart-centered, high-achieving women who are on the journey to becoming the truest version of themselves, which is only possible by first accepting all that they are. This podcast explores the lessons I've learned from my bad decisions so you can feel better about yours. It's normal to be a messy human, so let's talk about it. Hey friend, today's episode is one that has been weighing on my heart. It is something that I've been thinking a lot about, both as part of my healing and also part of the reclamation that I've had to do of having been a bit of a mean girl in my past. And so I feel like it's something that we need to dig into and explore today. Because chances are you have been on one side of this equation. Maybe you've been in both, like I have. And it's a really important inner inquiry that we need to do. So with that mystery built, let me kind of give you the background to where this is coming from. So a few weeks ago, I was in my hometown. And on my way through, my dad asked me if I wanted to drive past my childhood home. This is the house that I lived in from 5 to 13. It is the house my mom moved into when my parents separated and then later divorced. And in many ways, this was my origin story. Up to this point in my life, we were living the suburban dream. My parents owned a house. They seemed to be happily married. They had the two kids. They had the picket fence. And then when their relationship fell apart, everything kind of went along with it. And this kind of fork in the road happened in my life. So my dad went on to have, you know, his white collar job and that whole journey for him. And my mom, my mom took a different turn. And when we moved into this neighborhood, things were definitely not what I was used to. I ended up being surrounded by crime and violence, addiction, abuse in my home and outside of my home to varying degrees, just really seeing the dark side of the human experience. And these are the things that for the longest time I felt the most shame about in this house. And this was my origin story. So I shared it recently, a picture of the house, because when we did drive by, I took a photo of it. I shared it in my Instagram stories. And my purpose for sharing it was this kind of metaphor almost for the people who feel confined by their circumstances, the people who feel stuck the people who think that good things are for other people and that they just weren't lucky this time around, that something else is possible. And I know that because I'm living it and breathing it. And over the span of this podcast, we'll go into different ways that, you know, kind of got me to this place because there isn't anything magical or mystical about my journey. It's just sort of the approach that I've taken to be able to end up here. The biggest thing is that when you are in this place, and maybe it's not as dramatic as being around, you know, violence and crime, maybe it's just, you know, feeling like you built a life of success on someone else's terms, someone else's definition, and it feels kind of empty. Maybe it's being trapped in a marriage with someone who you no longer feel aligned to. Maybe you never did. Maybe it was just what you felt was your option at the time. Maybe it is feeling like you aren't pretty enough, smart enough, thin enough, rich enough, whatever, and that whatever the circumstances you're living are the only ones that you're stuck with. But this idea of stuckness is really big. And I felt stuck for a very long time. Now, here's what I know about this situation. Not just the stuckness, but the shame that comes attached to it. 
And I feel like the shame is really clear when you haven't embraced whatever truth you are living and whatever that looks like. When it doesn't feel aligned, when it doesn't feel like it's for you, there is this desire for something else, which is also compounded with a whole bunch of confusing emotions like feeling guilty or greedy for desiring more than what you're living right now. It's pretty messy. But here is what I want to talk about regarding this, not just about the shame, but about the othering. When we have this idea of shame, what we're doing is really taking on what we're perceiving as a projection from other people about our life and our circumstances. That can also be just our lifestyle choices and how we go about our day, truly. But, you know, we are talking here about othering. So for me, I know I had a lot of fear that people would know how poor we were or how little we had. I worried that if they knew how much my dad drank or how often I was left alone, that we could get taken away. There was a lot. And a lot of it was really internalized. And what I've realized is in this idea of othering, where we are putting people as better or worse off than we are, and where we use that same scale to oftentimes diminish our own pain, because we go, well, yeah, but like it wasn't as bad as so-and-so, or you make yourself feel shittier because your circumstances are worse than somebody else's, this comparison piece. When we're viewing the world through this spectrum of better or worse, and we are othering others in particular to give ourselves some sort of safety, some sort of, I don't know, sense of stability. It really is a protective device. It is a defense mechanism. I know when I was 16 and I was in a very thin body, a very able-bodied, I was considered, you know, attractive by any sort of like... classic definition, I guess. I was so hindered by my views of my body. And I really lost my own value and my own definition and sense of self and put everything about what I looked like at the forefront. And I did this, I understand now after therapy and five years of ayahuasca ceremonies that this is because this is what I was conditioned to believe, that my body was a commodity, that it was what gave me value, that I had to look a particular way. And so here I was in this thin, beautiful body, and I looked at a woman who was thinner than I am now in my current, you know, 42-year-old body. And I remember saying the words, if I ever look like that, shoot me. And I want to go back and sit down and have a conversation with my 16-year-old self to explain this. But this idea of othering, where this larger bodied person was not me, definitely not me, that could never be me. This is the story that we tell ourselves. When we see people who are struggling with addiction, oh, well, I don't have that problem. I'm safe from that struggle because that's not me. That's not my story. And this is where I say that it's a defense mechanism. We look at these things that we don't want for ourselves, these things that we are actually afraid of. And we create a story about how, because this is happening to somebody else, it could never happen to us. And I really felt that looking at the photo of my old house, of realizing how many times in my life I found myself at these crossroads, where if I had made just one decision differently, everything would have changed. Something that I haven't shared publicly before, 
is this. So when I was 17, I moved out and I didn't just move out of my mom's house. I moved across the country. And I've talked about the story about doing it with $500 in my pocket and a bus ticket and thinking that I was prepared for the world, but I wasn't. And what I haven't shared in the story though, is that two weeks after I moved away, our house was raided by the police. And when they were doing their raid, they asked our neighbors, because my mom wasn't there, my siblings weren't there. When the house was raided, they asked my neighbors, where's the daughter? The daughter is usually here. And if I had made a decision even two weeks later to start this new life that I created for myself across the country, everything that I live now would not have been possible. I would have had a criminal record. I wouldn't have been able to travel the world. I wouldn't have been able to meet my fantastic wife who was living in England. I wouldn't have been able to sponsor her to come and live here. Like all of these things that have contributed to this beautiful life that I'm so grateful to be living right now, none of it would have been possible if I had just waited two weeks. And we think to ourselves, I could never have that body. I could never be that broke. I could never have that addiction. All of these things were, these are bad things that happened to other people. We tell ourselves these things to find a sense of comfort. But the truth is we are all just one or two bad decisions away from living the thing that we fear the most. And so instead of being in this place where we are really judgmental, and it is, when we're looking at things on this better, worse spectrum, it is being judgmental. Instead of going to that place and We bring consciousness to those feelings where we say, I am really uncomfortable with what I'm seeing here because I am terrified that this could be me. And when we have that recognition of what the emotion actually is, instead of dismissing it as somebody else and something that could never happen to us personally, we can then start to have some compassion. I have known in my lifetime, a lot of people who have suffered, family members who have committed suicide family members who have assaulted people. I have witnessed a lot of pain at the hands of people that were close to me even. And I've witnessed the pain that I have caused as well. No one of us is immune. If you find yourself in this place where you go, that could never be me. Instead, I would invite you to reframe that to, I have been really privileged for that to not be my experience. Because the more we can be in that state of compassion, the more we can stop othering people, the more we can actually be honest with ourselves about our fears and our vulnerabilities, the more that we can be understanding for people who haven't been as lucky as we are. It is shocking how one small decision, one small moment can change everything. And it can happen to any one of us. It'll look differently, the thing that you're afraid of. It's very individual and personal, but none of us are immune. All it takes is one bad day. So let's be gentle with each other. Let's find compassionate for the people around us who are having a hard time. And if you are the one who is having a hard time, Let's have some compassion and neutrality in the exploration of what your situation is. And yes, I want you to know that more is possible. Yes, I want you to hold hope in your heart and know that when you're clear and decided and rooted and ready, that you can make pretty much anything happen. 
that we are not bound to our circumstances, that more is possible for us. I want you to know that and believe it, but I also want you to look at the people who are not in that place of more, who don't believe that more is possible. And for whatever reason, their journey has put them in this situation where things are going to be a little harder, where the deck is going to be stacked against them. And we need to make sure that in our heart, we know we aren't better just because we're not suffering in that way. We're fucking lucky. So I was a little bit more intense than usual. I do like to keep things light, but also this is the nature of my work. You know, I go into shame. I go into shadow myself and I guide my clients there and I will never take you somewhere I'm not willing to go myself. And it's really important that we're doing the ugly work, not just the pretty kumbayas. We really need to be honest and honest in what we're feeling, what we fear, what we're willing to change and what stuckness we are choosing. Because sometimes that is what we are ready for in this moment. It doesn't mean it'll always be that way, but it is where we are right now. And if you have found yourself in a place of stuckness, I would really invite you to take a look at my offering called Unbound. It's where we have this beautiful 90-minute deep dive. We go into one area of your life where you're feeling voiceless or powerless or unworthy or unboundaried, where we can do the coaching work of understanding the situation, and then we do ceremonial work where I will actually hold you in sacred ceremony where there can be a reclamation or a clearing or whatever is needed to liberate you from whatever circumstances you found yourself in. And then you also get seven days, including weekends of Voxer support with me, where you get to start to live this truth and embody this new way of being and have me in your pocket to guide you along the way and to cheer you on and to celebrate your wins with you. Because inner work is not always like the shiny, sparkly stuff. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's messy. And sometimes you just need someone who's been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, and is willing to show you the way. And I can be that gal. So I'll make sure the link to Unbound is in the show notes. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love. That's it for this episode. Thanks for spending this time with me. Make sure to stay in touch between episodes by following me on Instagram. I'm at Serena Myers. If this episode inspired you or you want to support the show, please give it a share to your favorite peeps and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. I'll see you next time.